Games. I am Liv and I'm Lacey and in today's episode we'll be ch- discussing chapter six. I'd like to quickly discuss about something that happened over on our Instagram the other day <laughs> like like I'm some sort of influencer or something. So as I was researching for one of the episodes like in the future I was looking at the bread which Peter discusses and basically I found like a recipe thing and at the moment I've really got into baking I don't know why so I I put like an Instagram poll up I do everything as a joke and this was also as a joke and the podcast was as a joke so yeah so I put the Instagram poll up and basically said should I cook the breads from each district and an overwhelming percent of you I think it was like 98% of you said yes so I'm going to be doing it as like a YouTube series so if you've not followed our YouTube or subscribed is it subscribed it's subscribed yeah (laughs) if you've not subscribed to our YouTube it is the Funger Games Uh, I think that's right and if it's not I will edit in here what the actual right name is Hey, it's Editing Liv. So I did actually get it wrong. And the YouTube name for our channel is The Funger Games Podcast and not just The Funger Games. So yeah, go subscribe. So she will be making the bread. Yeah. And I will be making fun of her as she's making the bread. (laughs) As a good friend. Yeah, just editing Lacey's like over, like, what's it called? Voiceover of me making the bread. (laughs) <laughs> no no it'll be like a split screen and i'll be i'll be um singing hamilton and i'll be baking bread, <laughs> so yeah i've got i've i'm gonna go to the supermarket tomorrow to go and get all the ingredients and then hopefully i will start baking my bread this week but unfortunately i am back in work this week as many people from the uk actually are going back to work so yeah i may actually be too exhausted to do it but i'll probably do it this weekend so yeah that will be fun and I will let you all know when it'll be uploaded. So yeah, some of it will be canon, like what Peter's said in the book, and then other bits of it will be from my head. Woo! <laughs> That'll be exciting. Yeah, I'm really excited. I'm excited. No, no, what we need to do is you need to send me the video, that way I can film, like, a reaction. <laughs> yeah, I will do. I'll be sure to do that. Right, okay. Okay. Without <laughs> further ado, let's get into this episode. <laughs> so in the last chapter, we saw the capital, like the capital capital for the first time. We didn't, not just talking about the train or Effie, we go to the actual capital and we meet Cinna, my second favorite character, the life of luxury that the capital has and makes District 12 just seem that much poorer and we kind of get a little too chatty about the tribute parade oh yeah we did we got really chatty about that we also got chatty about <laughs> potatoes and that's why I called it the great potato debate <laughs> <laughs> because it was totally irrelevant <laughs> I honestly do not remember talking about potatoes I genuinely don't. Yeah, I don't even know where it came from, to be honest. And I edited it, and I, just all of a sudden we were discussing potatoes and like chips and crisps and fries and stuff like that. So. I re- I remember discussing that part. I do, I remember th- that's basically it. 
I would just call it the great potato <laughs> debate because they're all made from potatoes. They are. Yeah. Potatoes make everything. Potatoes are life. I've started a new diet, right? And nobody really probably cares about this. But yeah, it's the Slimming World diet. And I went for it because they allow you to eat as many potatoes as you want. Obviously, you can't eat crisps or like fried chips, but you can have like jacket potato, you can have mash, you can have like homemade chips. And it's honestly great. I love your dedication. I also like pasta and you can eat as much pasta as you want. So that's also great. Pasta's good. Pasta's good for your soul. Yeah. And rice as well. I love rice. I love burritos. <laughs> so that just makes me happy. But anyway, less about my diet, more about what happens in this chapter. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so in this chapter, we don't actually see a lot of progression in the story. It's kind of a bit of a stagnant chapter, but apparently I managed to pick it apart so much that I've got six pages of notes here. So <laughs> let's get ready. <laughs> So <laughs> we discover a lot more about the capital's technology thanks to District 3. So shout out to them. Katniss and Co are served by the A-boxes and Katniss claims to know one of them. Effie and Hamish are shocked by this and claim that there will be no way that Katniss could know an A-box as they are traitors to the capital. Peter covers for Katniss saying that the A-box looked like a girl from the, their district. Peter wants an explanation from Katniss so they go to the roof to talk so that no one could hear them talk. There Katniss explains that she saw this girl running through the woods and a hovercraft appeared and speared the man who was with her and captured her in a net like a fish. Shout out to District 4. (laughs) (laughs) Why are you shouting out all these districts today? Because they're important. (laughs) Because like fish nets Mm. and technology. So shout out to them. Shout the technology. Oh <laughs> Katniss sees the A-box before going to bed and wonders if she will enjoy seeing her die. But I don't think the A-boxes watch the games because maybe it will be seen as some form of enjoyment and they don't want them to be enjoying themselves because they're traitors. But yeah, so, and also, also she won't be seeing her die because Katniss wins the game. Spoiler alert. Oh my gosh. Liv, you have to stop spoiling this book for me. I know. I'm, I just can't help myself. I'm sorry. You're the wor- you are the absolute worst. Worse than President Snow. Oh wait, do you know that he's evil? <gasps> <laughs> oh my gosh. Alright, I'm done. I'm leaving. <laughs> Don't worry guys, I've actually read this book. <laughs> and seen the movie. I would be severely disappointed if you hadn't. I mean, I'm I'm freaking writing a biography about Madge, so I'm pretty sure I've read it. Are you actually writing one? I have no idea. I feel like I have one hidden in my Google Documents somewhere. That would be so exciting. I would I would buy that. I would buy that, and I would put put it with the Panem Companion as like the Holy Grail of the Hunger Games books. <laughs> Suzanne Collins, please sponsor us. Yes. <laughs> Well, we don't even need Suzanne Collins. We just need the Panem Companion. We shout them out in every episode. <laughs> and I do know that one of our, our listeners has actually gone out and bought the Panem Companion because we rave about it so much. So I'm just going to find out who it is and I'm going to just give them a quick shout out here. So if they are listening to this, they can they can hear me shout them out. Yeah, that's what a shout out is. <laughs> Go <laughs> 
And follow them on Instagram. Yeah, so the Instagram is may the underscore odds be ever in your favour. But yeah, I will I will actually add them in my Instagram story once this episode goes live. Well, not my Instagram story, Ooh. the podcast Instagram story. If I did it in my Instagram story, nobody would actually see it. Same. <laughs> right, okay. Okay. <laughs> so, here's the burning question of the day. What exactly are Effie Trinket's duties? I know. I have no idea. <laughs> Lacey, enlighten me. <laughs> so in this chapter, Effie explains that she can chat up sponsors for both Katniss and PETA, but she can't secure the sponsors. I'm going to be honest. When I watched the movie for the first time, I didn't expect Effie to be a big part of the Hunger Games, of like the franchise. So I was just like, oh, she's going to be in this reaping scene and that's going to be that. However, I was proven very wrong. As Katniss explains that Effie's duties did not only finish at the station, but that she also came with them to the training center. The main duty of the escorts is to accompany the tributes of their assigned district and help them adjust to the guidelines of the capital. So basically, their escort is kind of the buffer of culture shock. Is that a good way to explain it? Yeah, I like that way of explaining it. In the movies, Effie actually has a lot larger part than she does in the books. As we see in the books, she Mm -hmm. doesn't make it past Catching Fire. But in the movies, they decide to keep her on in Mockingjay. And to be fair, if if I had Elizabeth Banks at my services, I probably would keep her on. (laughs) Because I love her. And everyone wanted Hayfee, which I can't get behind, but I mean, I see it. So... Why do we think that the mayor or the peacekeeper doesn't have this duty? It would stop the need to have to send out a member of the capital to the districts. Um, I don't know. I was thinking about this because, I mean, I think about these things a lot. Like when I'm at work, I'm not really at work. I'm 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 constantly podcast thinking for some reason I think about it before I go to sleep (laughs) and that's how sad I am (laughs) so yeah but I just think it like ups the dramatics I know that there's a slight mention of this in Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes from like the 20 pages that I've read (laughs) but I've not quite got there yet Uh, so yeah I just think it would like up the dramatics of the games and makes it more of an event for both the capital and the districts and it would also ensure that there's like high energy whereas maybe the mayor would be like reluctant to be sending off members of his district whereas people from the capital just think that the games is a load of fun and they don't really care what happens to the people especially from district 12 because I mean unless you're rooting for someone in the games then you don't really care what happens to them I guess it's kind of like big brother do you have big brother in America I think I've heard of it it's just basically like a reality show kind of like the hunger games but no one dies (laughs) and they just I I have hell's kitchen with Gordon Ramsay that's not quite the same (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that that's the only reality show I watch. But yeah, so it's kind of they sometimes do it with celebrities, but it's mainly they do it like a celebrity one and also a normal people one. Normal people one. 
<laughs> yeah. And people apply to go in and they all get put in this big house and they have to vote each other off. And that's what it reminds me of. Like, because I, I will like hate, hate people on that program and I've never met them. And, and I mean, I don't hate them. I just, I just don't wish them well. So, yeah. But I, I like, I like the, that way you think you're thinking of that is the peacekeepers or the mayor they wouldn't see the capital as well but like an escort from the capital would make their stay a little more enjoyable maybe they don't hate life as much escorts also have to ensure that the tributes from their district behave properly and in a way that the capital would approve of (laughs) i mean does effie truly succeed well, she did. She does yell at them a lot. I know, I know. And to be fair, I don't. I wouldn't enjoy being yelled at, especially if I'm going to die in a few days. Like, what's the point of yelling at me? You're not going to improve <laughs> my character. You're just going to make me sad. But and the escorts also, they they help prep their tributes for the interviews. You see, I didn't know that. I thought that it was all just Hamish, and I am pretty sure that it's not. I feel like Hamish had a big role in uh, helping them. Yeah, definitely. But I can just imagine, you know, when Peter, like, goes to tell Hamish that he wants to be trained separately because he's, like, got this star-crossed lover idea in his head. And Heffy's like, oh, my goodness! How romantic! That's all I can imagine. (laughs) And Effie wouldn't be able to help Peter with that. She'd be too schoolgirl about it. I know. It wouldn't be... The tactics wouldn't be great, I don't think. No, definitely not. But yeah, so do we think that in cases like District 12, where there's only one mentor, do you think that the escorts have more duties because there's not, like, one mentor for each tribute? Whereas in most of the other districts, there is. I think... If there were there was a case where there were a lot of mentors but only one escort, I think they would. I think the escort would kind of be like the stand-in. They would make sure that everything's okay, but they wouldn't like be super involved with their tributes. Yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah. And if there were no mentors, do we think that the escorts would step in to? I think so. Make sure that they have sponsors. I, I, well, I think so. I think that that would be like an exception case, but I think every district has at least one victor. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we know that District 12 had Lucy Graybeard and then had Haymitch, but between that, there's 40 years. So do we think that Lucy Graybeard survived? Because I don't quite know what the life expectancy is of like old age in District 12. I assume that it wouldn't be that long seen as they haven't got like doctors and medical intervention but then she could be seen in the capital so I don't know do you think she lives to like 50 something uh well I can't answer that question without giving spoilers so oh okay I won't ask then (laughs) (laughs) I mean I'll gladly answer but I'm not gonna spoil anything 
yeah, firstly, don't spoil it for me. I'm going to try and read the book. I promise I will do it at some point. I'm going back to work now, so I'll be on the train. So it'll probably be a good opportunity if I'm not planning podcast stuff. Yeah. And also, we don't want to spoil it for everyone else out there who possibly hasn't even read it yet. Yeah. I mean, I, w- I haven't even finished it still. I-, I need to finish it. Yeah. Yeah. I need to actually get started on it because I'm like two <laughs> chapters in. Woo, we, good we, we talk about how we need to read it at like every week and then every week we're like, oh, we haven't read it yet. Yeah. I'm currently reading a book about um, this woman who's a doctor in prisons because that's like, oh. that's my whole degree and that's also my job. So like, <laughs> it's all around like law and like people who break the law. Obviously, if they're in prison, <gasps> they're not... <laughs> they break the description. <laughs> People breaking the law. Yeah. So yeah, that's basically my job. No, my job isn't criminal, but it's basically like helping people with the law. And then my degree is literally a law degree. So I mean, it kind of fits me. Hey, yeah. So I'm all. Um, I just keep reading that, and I keep forgetting about the song "Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes" because the amount of time I actually spend picking through the Hunger Games, the thought of actually going to bed and reading more about the Hunger Games kind of isn't that enjoyable. <laughs> but I will do it at some point. I will take a day off of um, picking through the bits of the chapters, and I will read it. I promise. I, I yeah. I read. I read most of the Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes in, like, a day, because I had the day off. So I had to take my brother's truck to the shop. So I read it while the truck was in the shop. Oh, that's a good idea, because my my grandparents are away this weekend, and I'll have the house to myself as I'm looking after this cat. So I might, I might take it with me then and just try and read a bit rather than watching junk on telly. Yeah. Sounds like a good idea. Okay. I will do it then, and I promise. I promise next week I will be back, and I'll be like, I'm on page 100. I promise, <laughs> and I will include it in our intro so that everyone knows where I'm up to. I'll do like <laughs> a little, a little feature of where is live up to in the Ballad of Songbirds and Sex. <laughs> I love that, Bucky. Stop! My cat is literally <laughs> rubbing against the microphone. Escorts also have to ensure that the tributes are in the right place at the right time. So no funny yeah. business. No um punching people in the face I mean the only time that I really feel that we see Effie sort of organizing them to be in the right place at the right time is when Hamish is like Effie will meet you at the elevator in 10 or the lift as I would call it (laughs) the lift okay so the determination in Effie uh Katniss states that Effie has a certain determination I have to admire I absolutely love Effie for the determination which she has because firstly she totally changes her outlook on the games and the whole the whole capital really and the fact that you can do that it's not really determination but yeah that you can do really shows some strength of character at least um mm-hmm. and then we also see Effie being quite negative towards the life which Katniss and Peter have in District 12. But she's actually learned some determination from both of them, I think, because she actually 
So obviously Katniss and Peter are quite determined. You've got to be determined to get like survive in District 12. You've got to go out and like most days I just want to stay in bed and they've got to go out and get food, get water, not get water. They probably have running taps, but you know. Um, but I also love that she's so determined to keep everything upbeat and just like happy even though Katniss and Peter are in literally the worst situation of their entire lives they're about to be killed Mm -hmm. I think that Effie has such a strong character development and it just shows that it's okay if you disagree with um certain things now that you didn't that you agreed with before yeah yeah and I definitely can say that in my life I've also had moments where I've sort of turned around and I was like, actually, I was wrong. I mean, it happens a lot because I'm a very stubborn person. And I (laughs) find it so difficult because if I've got one, a mindset, I'm literally going to be stuck to that mindset because I am that, Mm -hmm. like, big-headed. Not big-headed. That doesn't... I'm not (laughs) big-headed. But a couple of days later I'll realize that I was actually really wrong and because I'm so stubborn I'll know that I was wrong but I don't want to admit that I was wrong so I'll just be sad about (laughs) the fact that I was wrong (laughs) I'm the same way so yeah we also (sighs) see in this chapter that there's several mention of district 13 so when Katniss mentions that graphite turns into diamonds which was district 13's job and she also mentions district 13 when she's talking to peter about the a box which she saw in district 12 because she was wondering where they could be going as the only place past district 12 is district 13 and apparently the ruins still smolder from the toxic bombs so i really love this like nugget of like information yeah and also foreshadowing that's the word I was looking for the foreshadowing because I am a true English teacher I will use my proper words so the foreshadowing (laughs) (laughs) that Collins puts in for like second third and fourth fifth sixth time readers of the book so the book (gasps) doesn't get old if you see what I mean because you if you're first reading the book you're not going to pick up that District 13 is mentioned constantly. You might pick it up and think, oh, it kind of sucks to be them. But you're not going to pick it up and be like, oh, this links to book three because you've not read book three yet. Right. Yeah. But talking of the Avox who leaves the capital, why do we think that people would rebel against the capital? Because it seems as if they've got like a perfect life and like a perfect setup they've got everything that they want they've got all the food that they could possibly need so why would they rebel like a boxes yeah because they are literally servants they their freedom's been taken from them no no not the a boxes but like you know how we were talking about in the last episode or was it the last episode that we thought that it would could possibly be the two siblings of that guy who 
who was in the capital. Yes, 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 yes. I remember that. I remember. I mean, obviously, that's a reason to rebel against the capital. They don't want to be there anymore because they're being ridiculed, because their father's been disgraced, because they're basically going to live an awful life. But there's so many AVOXs. So why do we think that they rebelled if they were from the capital? I think they may have rebelled because maybe they don't agree with the president's beliefs. Like maybe they believe that the games are wrong. They don't find enjoyment and they, they've seen what happens in the other districts and they want that to end. Yeah, that's actually a really interesting idea because I always, I don't know, I always ex- considered the capital was, every member of the capital was indoctrinated by this sort of constant message of the games are for the good of the districts, it's to keep them subdued, it's to ensure that they don't rebel against us, it's to keep the peace sort of thing. But I mean... Obviously, there's going to be people who dislike it. I agree. Yeah. So, I mean... (laughs) So, speak... Yeah. (laughs) Well, speaking of the Capitol, let's talk a little bit about the technology of the Capitol. Shout out to District 3. I'm going to (laughs) say... District 3, we appreciate you. We see that Katniss is overwhelmed by taking a shower in the Capitol. That she won't even have time to test the buttons. There's so many buttons. Like, I don't know about y'all, but here in my humble three-bed, two-bath house, we've got we've got this fancy switch. And, like, on the right side, it's cold water. But if you turn it to the left, like, it starts cold. And then when you turn it to the left, it gets hotter and hotter. I mean, we've got a... Like, at my mum's boyfriend's house, it's a, a six bed. But I mean, our shower's only ever one temperature. I don't even know how to change it. So it's got three bathrooms. <laughs> one of the showers leaks. So can't even sleep. <gasps> oh, no. But um, I was here for a month before I realised that the shower leaked. And he told me. And I was like, oh, I've been using that shower <laughs> like every day for the past <laughs> month. So now there's a damp patch on the ceiling, which I caused. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Oopsies. But anyway, talking about the shower in the capital, which I'm sure doesn't leak. Yeah, not only does it not leak, but it has over 100 buttons, or 100 options, which relate to water temperature, oil, shampoo, and when you step out, there's a heater that blows you dry. I think that's insane. Like, I would absolutely love that, because the worst thing about having a shower is trying to dry your hair. Because, I mean, my hair's quite long. And it's quite thick as well. So, I mean, it takes hours for my hair to dry. And it's just horrible. Because then I walk around and it's like, (laughs) ugh. I can just feel it on me. It's gross. Well, the nice thing, yeah, my hair's thick, but it's really short. So I, like, roll it up in the towel. And I keep my hair in the towel as I'm getting dressed. And then once I finish getting dressed, I take it out so it can air dry. Yeah. Because my hair's not not super long. Yeah, no, mine mine I can't blow dry because it's pretty dead already and I don't want to kill it anymore. So I just walk around with wet hair. <laughs> I don't blow dry mine, but it's mine's really short. I just oh, that's too too many buttons for me. Like I would like the only thing like when I move out and I get to choose my dream bathtub. I just want it to be the tub to be deep enough 
where it covers my chest and my knees. I feel you. I I genuinely feel (laughs) you because like you you like sink down enough to get your like your boobs under the water and then your knees pop out and then your knees are cold. But if you sit up enough so that your knees are under the water, your head and your chest is cold. It's it's awful. (laughs) I know. It's awful. It's awful. And it's not relaxing. It is not relaxing at all. I know, and then I end up like lying on my side and then like <laughs> sides I know. I know. Like I just need like a swimming pool in my in my bathroom when I move out and then <laughs> on yeah. <laughs> when we went on vacation with there was like a Victorian style bathroom. I'm pretty sure I sent you a picture of it. Yeah, yeah. And like well the nice thing about that is that it's just a tub and it sits by itself. So I'm laying in the tub and I'm like like my shoulders down and then like my maybe like my calves are like sticking out over the tub it was really nice I mean we've <laughs> got one of them here um but I just don't use it because I just taking a bath is so much effort and like it's for it, me it really it's is. always like a like a holiday thing so if I go on holiday I love to have a bath because it's like I don't have anything to worry about I don't need to do anything I don't need to I can just sit here yes. and like read a book but if I'm at home, like, my mind's just on, like, 20 other things. It's like, I've got to go back up to my room and do that essay plan, or I've got to go and sort out some client files at work tomorrow, or whatever it is, and I just can't relax. Mm-hmm. I know, yeah. And then and then I'm also thinking, my knees are cold. <laughs> <laughs> Priorities. Priorities. Exactly. All right, so we're going to move on. We see all of these crazy technological advances in the capital and the districts to some extent, but why do they still rely on coal power and not, and have like no internet? I mean, obviously we don't know every single thing about the Panem, about the Panem. Obviously we don't know every single thing about Panem. (laughs) But I guess the like no internet thing because at the moment with the internet we have a lot of connections and we can connect to people so easily like with the click of a button. Whereas over there they don't really want everyone to be connecting. Like I suppose they could do like interdistrict internet. But imagine the chances of an uprising and how much they would multiply if you could connect to say district three by just clicking a button and what's it calling it would well I mean if you if it would stop the victors having to sort out a whole rebellion like when they're at the games it would it would help them yeah but some people they don't make smart decisions sometimes no and I mean I would guess the coal thing would also be just ease I don't know I would guess so anyway I think I think the coal I think that's because it's district 12's like whole purpose in the capital doesn't want to seem like super cruel so they still allow district 12 to do their job yeah yeah but then I mean we had district 13 and I guess that they got bombed because they were like really like uprising yeah yeah but I mean didn't, was... they they had nuclear and I mean we have nuclear power now don't we so 
I wonder if like when District I 13 no was around, did the, yeah, we definitely have nuclear power, I'm sure, because like Chernobyl. <laughs> so do you reckon when District 13 was around that they also helped with the power? I think so, yeah. I would I would say yes, because that honestly District 12 and 13, that's what they focused on was power. Yeah. And obviously there's an there's the assumption that all the technology in the capital comes from District 3. So do we think that District 3 has better technology than any other district? Or do we think that they just give it all to the capital without reaping any benefits? I don't know. I feel like they couldn't just give it all to the capital without reaping, reaping any benefits. Because, I mean, they could just do it, like, inconspicuously without letting the capital... I don't know. I feel like they would have slightly better technology, but I don't think they would have anything close anything anywhere near close to the capital and I know that right. in Catching Fire it mentions that BT did a lot of the like helped with a lot of the work for the technology in the capital so stemming off that I wonder how many times the victors actually go to the capital a year or do you think they like mainly stick in their districts I think that I feel like they stay in their districts primarily just because just for show and then they go to the capital like maybe around the games and like big events yeah but then I mean also Finico Finico Dare was in the capital a lot I'm assuming because he was oh yeah yes he would he would be because he was like I don't deal in anything as trivial as money anymore I deal in secrets (laughs) (laughs) well I mean to Spend time with a man as fine as Finnick O'Dare, you're willing to pay anything. I mean, I would. <laughs> he can have all of my secrets. <laughs> Not that I think I have any, <laughs> but anything interesting, yeah. anyway. Yeah. I, I, I don't think I have any yeah. secrets. Well, I don't know. But, yeah, <laughs> so talking about that, do we think that the capital has always had superior technology? I mean, obviously not to the extent that it is now, But even when the games started, like, 75 years ago, do we think that the technology was superior to the districts, or do you think that it's been advanced as the capital has advanced? I think the capital always had better than the districts. So, for example, they would have better food, obviously. Probably not better for you food, but better tasting food. They had better technology. They had better, I would I would dare say, better education. So I always think that the capital always had one leg up to the districts simply because they're the capital. Pan Am is basically a, a dictatorship with the capital leading. Yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. My thought really was that the capital, you know, when the apocalypse happened, the capital would have been mm-hmm. totally like devoid of technology. There would have been no technology. But I mean, we don't know how long there was between the apocalypse and the Panem as we know it. We know that mm-hmm. there's been 75 years of Panem as we know it, but we know that there was a, a first uprising which resulted in Panem as we know it. But I, I still think that the capital was always superior to the district. So I'm gonna I've gotta have to stick with my gut and say 
they probably always did. I mean, maybe the capital is just full of like, you know, extreme couponers. I don't know if you watch that show, but I'm obsessed with it. Yeah, you know, the ones I where they that. have I hate that show. <laughs> when they have all of the like food stockpiled and then the apocalypse happened and that's why the capital is superior because they're all extreme couponers. <laughs> <laughs> I can get behind that theory. Yeah, I mean it's a good theory. But I mean all of that, it's you know, like theory. coupon binders would no longer be worth anything. I... <laughs> I still hate that show with every fibre of my being. I mean, you hate can, ha- you so can hate it because we can also hate the capital. So. That's true. That's another reason for me to hate the show. Because <laughs> the capital is all extreme couponers. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, I gotta write that down. <laughs> so, yeah, in this chapter, we see Katniss is served by a silent young man for breakfast and as a girl sets down a cake Katniss thinks that she recognizes her. Hamish and Effie are outraged by this and explain that the servers are Avoxes and traitors of the capital so there would be no way that she could know them. So just a few facts about Avoxes if you've never read the series yourself and just listen to our podcast because you thought it'd be interesting. And Avox is a person who has been punished for rebelling against the capital. And most Avoxes have been hunted and caught by peacekeepers in respective districts. And the term Avox is derived from the ancient prefix A, which means not or without, and the Latin word vox, which means voice. So put them together without voice. Very Gosh, clever. Darn it, Suzanne Collins. I mean, she That's... must have got a degree in Latin, let's be honest. She must she must have. <laughs> Conspiracy theory. Yeah. So I this was like my thought because I think I wrote these notes at like 2 a.m. So please don't judge me. <laughs> but why didn't they put the A boxes in the games as like another category? So they had like 26 tributes and two of them were A boxes. Because I, I don't think that was the point of the games. I don't think, because being an AVOX is a sort of punishment, and the games are another sort of punishment. So being an AVOX, you're basically wishing you were dead. So I think it would bring, I don't think the capital wants them to die because they're servants. Yeah, I mean, and, that's a good idea. <laughs> and what... Where would all the servants go if the Avoxes were in the games? What they could do is they could, like, round them all up, right? So we have, like, a different games. And so we have 10 (laughs) Avoxes. We have 10 Avoxes. And so you basically don't get any food. Like, you have weapons. So it's like the Hunger Games. But just before you die, you tap out. And then the last person... Have you ever heard of that? You tap out. So, like, you're like, no, I can't do it anymore. It's over. So, you, like, forfeit. So, if they tap out, they get to both... Do they die or do they go back to being... they they're alive, but then they go and be an Avox again. And then the winner gets to not be an Avox. So, the winner... I mean, they would do this before the tongue cutting out thing, hopefully, because obviously, if you're going to tap out, you need to shout. I'm, I'm done. 
But <laughs> um, yeah, they do it before the tongue cutting out whole thing, and um, they they the one who wins gets to keep their tongue. What do we think? I think it's a great idea. No, no. <laughs> That is probably your worst idea ever. I thought you had a lot of bad ideas. (laughs) I don't like this idea. I already hate the Hunger Games. Why would I want another games? Because one of them gets to be free. The rest of the. Like, the whole premise is. No, that's not true. (laughs) The whole premise is. You know, that's not true. Well, I mean, semi-free. The whole premise is they were going to be AVOXs anyway. So this is like their last chance of like freedom. It's not really freedom, but it's like their last chance at like a chance of having a tongue. But I think if they were... I think if they were to win these AVOX games, they would be celebrities. So the AVOX, the AVOX victor would want to be an AVOX. Why would the Avox Victor want to be an Avox? I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, so the Avox Victor gets to choose. <laughs> so say the Avox has come from, I don't know, District 11. They then get to choose which district they go back to. And they have a bodyguard at all times so that they're not attacked. So <laughs> they're not celebrities? That's my headcanon. Um, no, they wouldn't be celebrities. They would kind of be celebrities, but I assume that people wouldn't like them. But not as big as the victors. Yeah. They'd be kind of like the anti-celebrity. They'd be kind of like, uh, who's a celebrity that no one likes? (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, you probably probably don't know her in America, but Katie Piper in the UK... She'd be like the Katie Piper. I don't know any American celebrities that no one likes. I can't think of any. I hate Catherine Heigl. I don't know who she is, so I can't help you there. She played Izzy Stevens on Grey's Anatomy. I think she was the lead role in 27 Dresses. Oh, I don't know. But anyway, it, they would be like an... They, <laughs> they would be like an anti-celebrity. The first person I thought of was Keanu Reeves, and I'm like, everyone loves Keanu Reeves. Yeah, they wouldn't be a Keanu Reeves. They would be someone that everyone hates. Except a couple of people who are a bit insane. Just like the people who like the celebrities who are horrible. So yeah, that's what that's what that's what would happen to the Avoxes and they would have a bodyguard from the capital. And then at some point in the near future they would probably perhaps be accidentally killed. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Hold on. So there's no real winners of the A-Box games. (laughs) Guys, please tell Liv that this is not a great idea. We do not want an A-Box games. I think it would be great. When this episode comes out, like, the day after or something like that, I'll probably do a poll on Instagram. So if you don't like the idea of an A-Box games, go and vote vote on the poll on the Instagram story. (laughs) Then you can can tell me whether it would be a good idea, because I think it would be a great idea. I think think President Snow missed out on this one. I mean, hope is the only thing stronger than fear. Not in this case. So, how do you think how do you think Avoxes eat? 
I don't know. How do you? <laughs> you know, the funny thing is, is I try to I try to eat without my tongue sometimes to see how people would do it. I don't think it's possible. I tried when, like, I first heard about A-boxes. Because it's not impossible to, like, talk or eat. It's just really hard. But, I mean, without your tongue there, because you know you've got, like, that bit behind your teeth. How does all your food not get stuck behind your teeth? And then, because you've not got a tongue, you can't, like, flick it out. So and would... sometimes the tongue doesn't even do that, okay? <laughs> they could grab, like, a fancy little toothpick and just, like, be, like, in their station, just, like, picking it out of their teeth. <laughs> so a lot of food could get stuck down there, and then you've got no way of, like, <laughs> moving it out. So you'd have to get, like, a spoon and, like... <laughs> Maybe they just eat soup all the time. I don't know. Oh, yeah, that would be a good idea. Why don't I think of that? <laughs> because you don't have good ideas. <laughs> <laughs> I think the Avox Games was very good idea. <laughs> Live or try and get away from that. <laughs> no more Avox Games. So yeah, so in this capital, in this capital, in this chapter, um, Katniss actually recognizes <laughs> the Avox. So we know that the Avox are the people that Katniss and Gail see in the woods, but perhaps these people could be Levina and Levinus Kahan from the Kahan family. So they were one of the most important families in the capital, and they were like disgraced. So yeah, that's pretty much my head canon at this point, and I feel like. That's really true it for makes me. Makes sense. So yeah, moving on from that one swiftly because we spent too much time talking about the A box games. <laughs> so, what would you have done in Katniss's situation, seeing these A boxes? Would you have helped them, or would you have just hidden? I would have just hidden. If I'm going to be one hundred percent honest, yeah, I probably would have done like a little stutter thing, like I do. You know when you, you know when you stood with someone. And then you try to go to the left and they try to go to the right. And then you like do like that little wiggle dance where you like stood in front oh, yeah. of each other. That's probably what I'd do. I'd probably be like, uh, do I do I go? Do I do I stay? No, I would I mean, I would I would feel bad, but I wouldn't help because that could that could hurt me too. You see, I think I probably would go and try and help. Because I mean I would just feel guilty for the rest of my life, so may as well die. Well, have no tongue <laughs> and be entered into the A-box game. Those aren't going to be a thing. <laughs> okay, let's move on from A-boxes. <laughs> and talk about Deli Cartwright. Yeah, sounds good. Who, um, PETA is being a saving grace, which I know Liv is very happy about. He is an angel from above. <laughs> so we see that Katniss, Katniss recognizes the Avox and Effie and Hamish are explaining to them that there is no possible way that Katniss could know an Avox and Pete is like it looks like Deli Cartwright from District 12 Katniss is like there's no way that they look alike but she does appreciate Peta covering for her in that moment 
Deli is known to be a girl who grew up with Peta, and they've been friends since they were really little kids. And that even Deli used to say that Peta was a brother. So, here's something I didn't know. Deli Cartwright is the niece of Pelona Cartwright, who was Hamish's girlfriend who was murdered by the Capitol. See, I find this tell me about so that? interesting. I mean, I can't really tell you anything more than I'd written down, to be honest, because that's all the information that I got. <laughs> they need a... There's not a chapter in the Pan Am Companion about it. No, there's not. About Delhi. There's not. There's no chapter in the Pan Am Companion about Delhi, so we're lost. Um, we're so... lost for, the, for once. The Pan Am Companion can't help us. There is actually a, a book of, thing of names, so maybe it's under there. And here we are. We were like, hey... We're not going to use the Pan Am Companion this chapter. No, there's nothing in the Pan Am Companion. R.I.P. But yeah, so she's the niece of Paloma Cartwright. And I found this super interesting. And I know that Hamish is like blonde hair, blue eyes. But I always imagined him coming from the seam. He seems like that kind of like scrappy seam kind of like kind of person, if you get what I mean. And like, I mean, his alcoholic tendencies also make me think that he comes from the scene but then that's probably just like what I'm what I've been like taught in terms of prejudice in the UK with like I mean I don't believe this to any extent anymore but um there's a lot of prejudice in the UK that like people from like working class backgrounds I mean I'm from a working back class background so I don't know why this propaganda was shot at me but they're all like alcoholics and use their benefits to go and buy alcohol at Weatherspoons on yeah. a Thursday. And the thing is, is I always imagine Hamish coming from the town. I'm, I know I read somewhere about his background. I don't remember where, but I think, I don't think he was much of a drinker before he became a victor. I think alcohol was kind of his escape. Yeah. After the games. Yeah. Delhi's family business in, is the shoe shop in District 12. Yeah. Hey. Which is really interesting because people wear shoes. Woo! Go shoes. <laughs> Woohoo! Um, unless you're me, I don't wear shoes unless I absolutely have to. Really? I love my shoes. I love shoes. I'm a bit obsessed. Sometimes they're just a pain to get on. I like. I have a lot of shoes. I'll say some of those shoes sat in my closet for months and still haven't been worn. I could probably throw like maybe four pairs out. Poor shoes. I mean, all of my shoes always get worn until they're dead. I'll just send my shoes to you, okay? Yeah, just send them to me. I'm sure we probably don't have the same shoe size, but you know. Go on, what size do you wear? I wear I wear an American 8 or 9. Yeah, that's probably not going to be right, because I think your shoe size is smaller than mine, and I wear a UK 8 or 9, so. The US says 8.5. Is UK six. Oh, yeah, I know that won't work. I won't be getting my feet in there. Oh, you were UK eight. Oh, well, we tried. It was worth a try. And I mean, the postage would probably have been hella expensive as well, so. <laughs> so it been cheaper. It would have been cheaper for you to just get new shoes. Probably. Probably. <laughs> so we... As with District 13, we also see a big mention of rebellion, and I love it, and 
for anyone outside of the UK, that was a Gemma Collins reference, and go and look it up because it is iconic. So <laughs> when we... <laughs> I'm going to look it up. <laughs> when watching the replay of the opening ceremony, Hamish asks Katniss and Peter whose idea it was to hold hands, and Portia, Portia explains that it was Sinner's idea. Hamish responds saying, just the perfect touch of rebellion. Katniss seems to question... I remember that! I remember reading that and getting so excited! And also, it's like, it reinforces the idea that we sort of came to last episode that Sinner probably was part of the rebellion from quite early on. Probably. He totally was. Definitely. So yeah. um, Definitely. Katniss seems to question the wording that Hamish chooses as she doesn't really understand why they would be rebelling, but she does recognise that the other I was trying to say students, but the other tributes (laughs) stood stiffly apart from one another. So I think that once again, it keeps things interesting for readers who are not just reading for the first time and like are repeat readers, like repeat offenders. Um, So this makes me feel that it consolidates both the idea that, as what I said, that Katniss was chosen to be a member of the rebellion from an early age, and also the fact that Sinner chose District 12 as he was a member of the rebellion from early on. But I mean, we already mentioned that. So yeah, that's all that I've got to say. Thanks. All right. Thanks for listening. Okay, so we're going to (laughs) talk. All right, Liv, you can go now. (laughs) Bye, everyone. That's the end of me. (laughs) <laughs> we've already heard a lot of horrible ideas from you today yeah <laughs> all right so we're going to talk about Portia and we see in this chapter Portia is talking with Hamish about Sinna's idea to ask uh, Katniss and Peter to hold hands during the opening ceremony and that the 74th Hunger Games were also Portia's first games unlike Sinna Portia is very capital I quite like that balance, though. I quite like the balance of, like, Portia being very capital, like, iconic capital, and Sinner being quite, like, reserved, and just his little gold eyeliner and wearing all black. I just think it's cute. Sinner is an icon, okay? Sinner yeah. is an icon. Um, so it is speculated that Portia also chose District 12, like Sinner, as her and Sinner were close friends, because... We know that Portia was PETA's stylist both years he was in the games. And it seems that Portia and PETA had a similar relationship like Katniss and Sinna did. Because Portia greets PETA once Katniss and PETA win the games. Yeah, and I think that's what makes me think that maybe Portia was also a part of the rebellion from quite early on. 100%. Because firstly... I've got I've got points here. I've got points and they're going to be numbered. So number 1, she's close friends with Sinner. Number 2, it's speculated that she also chose District 12. If we're going off the reasoning that we came to of Sinner and that he chose it because of the rebellion and the fact that it's underpleased, then that would also make sense. And thirdly, she's kind of like the friend which we talked about Sinner being to Katniss but to Peter. So, like, had it gone either way, had Peter not come out of the arena or had Katniss not come out of the arena, they would at least have one symbol of the rebellion. And, I mean, we we know that Coin wanted Peter to be the symbol of the rebellion, so why the heck not? Because Peter is too nice for that. I feel like Katniss 
has a certain fire, but Pia kind of levels her out. Yeah. Does that make sense? I get what you mean. But, I mean, it's a, it's a good strategy to have, like, a friend to both of them within the capital. Someone yeah. that they can rely on. So, yeah, I just, I also think it's quite, un- it, it annoys me, basically. Rather than saying it's quite unusual and being very polite about it, it annoys me that Katniss keeps changing <laughs> her mind about she, whether she can win the games or not. Because in this, in the last chapter, she goes, oh, I actually have a chance of winning the games because she's got sponsors from Sinner. And now she's like, I'm never going to see Gail again. And it really, really annoys me like just stick to your stick to your opinion just stick to your opinion and realize your actual potential be 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 patient with her she's she's got a lot on her plate right now okay Liv I'm not a patient person sorry I know I know (laughs) you were you probably were screaming profanity at your laptop today yeah I I mean I did threaten to throw it across the wall at the wall I mean I'm usually quite patient with people but like if she's she's being annoying like my job I have to be patient with people so I mean I am quite patient to some extent and I never want to put people out (laughs) but the fact that she's a fictional character and I can be annoyed without any repercussions is great um (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh so yeah that's all I've got to say (laughs) (laughs) all right so can we talk about the roof now yeah yeah my roof is like pointed i don't know what your roof's like uh my roof is kind of like well my roof is kind of weird i'll have to send you a picture of it right okay let's talk talk about the training center (laughs) roof (laughs) katniss is wondering whether to tell Peta about where she knew the a-box girl from when he asks her if she'd seen the roof yet katniss shook her head and Peta explained that katsina showed him but it was a bit loud up there they go up to the roof, and Katniss says the view takes her breath away. The capital twinkles like a vast field of fireflies. That's such a beautiful I love that symbolism. Yeah, it's I love fire. I love fire. Fireflies are so cute. They are. explains that they can't jump as there is an electric field that will throw you off the roof. They then go to sit in the garden to discuss how Katniss knew... To discuss how Katniss knew the Avox. So what do we think that Kate, that Sina needed to say to, to Peta to show him the roof? See, I obviously don't know because we're not told. But my thoughts were either Peter tells him that he wants to tell Sinner something, and that something being the fact that he's loved Katniss for the entire time that he's sort of known her, or Sinner goes to talk to him about maybe a strategy that they've got or something like that. But I would think that it was the first one because I don't think Sinna would be so stupid as to reveal something which could be crucial to the rebellion to someone that he doesn't trust. Here, here's my thinking. Yeah, I think Peta may have told Sinna. So Sinna takes Peta to the roof as kind of a... Because I feel like Sinna is Katniss's platonic soulmate. So Cinna knows her very well and knows what will relax her, kind of keep her calm. So this is a way, this is Cinna's way of helping Peta. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, I yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. And I, I maybe as you say, Peter 
perhaps noticed that him and Katniss were so close and was kind of like asking for tips like how do I get in there sort of thing you know like you do (laughs) when you were in primary school and you had like a crush on a boy and then you'd like pull his best friend to the side or like the other way around usually if you had say you were a boy and you had a crush on a girl you'd like pull her best friend to the side and be like so what does she like does she like (laughs) does she like chocolates and my answer was always yes because who doesn't like chocolates I know a couple girls who don't like chocolate and it's kind of shocking yeah like (sighs) get a life (laughs) if it (laughs) if it is too windy or and noisy to have surveillance why has the capital made a nice area to sit i don't know i think that's stupid to be honest that's all i've got honestly to say. i i feel like suzanne collins just wrote it in so they could have that moment yeah probably <laughs> but i so, mean they could but... like you know <laughs> what do they do oh you know like you know like if you don't want someone to hear something like you're saying in a bathroom i don't know whether you did this when you were younger but i mean i suppose you I don't know what I don't know what happens in America. I'm not American. But when we were like 16 and we're having house parties at like one of our friends' houses and we'd all had a few drinks and you wanted to tell your best friend something, you'd like go into the bathroom and turn the tap on. So maybe they could have done that instead of going to the roof. Just turn the tap on. No, I feel like I feel like um you had to the Capitol would still like record. Because okay, so I was reading an article on Hell's Kitchen. And the only way that the comp- the contestants got privacy was by singing. They had to s- sing a song. So that way they couldn't use the information. Or they couldn't use the clip so they wouldn't have to pay for the rights to the music. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Even though the Capitol owns everything, so that wouldn't work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that wouldn't work. But, I mean, turning a tap on in the bathroom would be a great idea. But, I mean, Suzanne Collins gave us the roof, so we don't even need to worry about that. True. We we can still worry about it, though. I'm very worried about it. Very worried about it. Tell me about the candlelight. Yeah. Tell me about the so, candlelight, babe. Some symbolism here for you all. So, oh, no. I decided that the symbolism didn't fit, so I didn't write it down. So, yeah, there's no symbolism here. <laughs> <laughs> so Katniss what mentions... am I gonna do with you what sorry what am I gonna do with you <laughs> so Katniss mentions that there is a lot of power outages in district 12 so they have to use candlelight and I really like that Collins gives us sort of an insight into the power outages in 12 and shows how these are ultimately up to the capital when they decide to have them as they ensure that the power is on for certain occasions like the games and important messages from the capital and I just find it really creepy that the capital have control over literally everything and it scares me a little bit because it feels like our government. Thank god we don't live there. (laughs) Feels a little bit like the government at the moment but you know. (laughs) So yeah, so from if anyone oh. if there's any Everlark shippers out there, page one oh one, everybody, my ultimate Everlark shipper comes out. So Katniss gives no Katniss doesn't give Peter her jacket. Peter gives Katniss his jacket, and it absolutely melts my heart. Usually I'm very feminist and hate that sort of thing because like why should a man have to impress a woman by the fact that you gave her his jacket? 
But I know that. Okay, have you ever gotten a jacket from a guy? Yeah. It was kind of nice. Yeah, it was really, it's really nice. Like, because it smells like them and it's just so warm and cozy. But then I was like, because I am, (laughs) because I am me. I was like, no, you need your jacket more than I do. I'm only a little bit cold. (laughs) You see, see, for me, I live in the Midwest where um, it's spring, fall, summer, winter, all in like five minutes. Yeah, ours is the same. (laughs) And, uh, sorry, story time. I was... Hashtag story time. Going, hashtag story time with Lacey. (laughs) Can I just make that a hashtag and put it on the story? (laughs) Yeah, Um, go for it. So, we were, so I was walking out... I I think we, it was show night and the night was dress nice. So I had this really pretty sleeveless dress. It went to my mid thighs and I was wearing these wedges, these strappy wedges. And what I didn't anticipate was it being super cold. I don't have a jacket. I don't have leggings on. I don't have stockings on. And so it's really cold. It's, I would probably, it would, it would be about, 42 degrees Fahrenheit. I don't know what that is Celsius. I think that would be like 7 Celsius. I'll give it a quick Google. 5 degrees, 5.5 degrees Celsius. 5 degrees, 5.5 degrees Celsius. And I was talking to one of my best friends, my uh, platonic soulmate. Me and him were talking and he's sitting in his car and I'm like just standing outside his car and we're just talking and then he's like, Lacey, are you not cold? I'm like, I'm like shivering. And I'm like, no, I'm fine. He's like, please get in your car and go home. Cause I live five minutes away from the school. And then I, the next day I saw a meme about it and it said, yes, I'm cold, but my Southern dominance is going to beat this wind. That's literally me. That If that's not me, like, but Northern, cause I mean, it's like, but yeah, <laughs> when we go out, like on a night out it'll be the middle of winter and it'll be like minus three degrees there's like frost everywhere and I'm there in like a mini skirt and a t-shirt and I'm just walking down the street had a couple of bevies so I'm absolutely fine like my alcohol jacket and then everyone's like I'm so cold I'm like suck it up suck it up (laughs) I heard a little bit of Scottish sass in your voice (laughs) I am not anywhere near (laughs) Scottish I know, but that's what I heard. <laughs> I mean, I don't think Scotland would want me. <laughs> right now, I don't want you. <laughs> Offended. <laughs> you love me, though, so it's fine. All good. It's all good. No arguments all here. Good. <laughs> okay, so... Do you want to? T- do you want me to tell you a bit about Peter's cleverness? Um, yeah, of course I do, because I love him and I know how clever he is. So once again, in this chapter, we see how intelligent Peter is as he takes Katniss to the roof to prevent them from being overheard by the Capitol. Not only this, he words what he is trying to say in a way that Katniss will understand, but won't tip the Capitol if they're listening. Yeah, he's cute. I can't remember what he actually says. Let me just have a look. So he says. Peter picks up on my hesitation. Have you been to the roof yet? I shake my head. Sinner shows me. Sinner. 
Finna showed me, you can practically see the whole city. The wind's a bit loud though. So he's basically, and then Katniss says, I translate this into, no one will overhear us talking in my head. You do not, do have the sense that we might be under surveillance here. Can we just go up? So yeah, so basically he translates what he's trying to say, i.e. nobody will be able to hear us up there into words that Katniss will be able to understand. But had it been overheard, by the capital, they probably just think it was an innocent conversation between two tributes. Yeah. And you've written here, and I'm I'm gonna read this because I feel like you'll get too passionate if you read it. Yeah. PETA's intelligence often gets slept on and overshadowed by Katniss with the berries, but we see here that he's actually very intelligent with the way he says things, plus the way he engineers situations. Yeah. He's so cute. He's just, he's just a gem and he just like understands everything and he just gets it. He does. He's sweet. He's a sweet boy. Like my cat, my cat is just sleeping here now. Like, look at him. Oh, bless. So yeah, I think that's everything. Have you got anything more to say about chapter six of The Hunger Games? I don't think so. I think we're we're gonna it's gonna start picking up again soon i promise guys yeah it's very exciting i'm very excited i mean this i'm very Very excited to get into the actual games and to meet like the tributes in person and i mean the next couple of sets of notes i have gone a bit wild so yeah enjoy that so this few episodes should be should be fun um yeah I'm very excited and in a couple of episodes time we'll hopefully have another guest which I'm also super excited for but I've yet to reach out to them because that's on my very long to-do list so yeah I will be reaching out to them in the next (laughs) couple of days so fingers crossed I think it'll be episode nine we will have our next guest which is still two episodes away but still super super exciting and I'm super excited Yes. So you can join in on this discussion over on our Facebook page at the Funger Games Podcast. We'll go ahead and put this in the in the description so you can get easy access. And we also have an Instagram page, <laughs> which is the Funger Games Podcast, all one word. And here you can see all the behind the scenes and also keep it up to date with any news about the podcast. So the other day I did a Q&A, which was super, super fun about what it's like to run a podcast, what sort of like time frame it takes us to plan a podcast, what sort of goes into it and also stuff like just generic questions that people have about the podcast if you want to go check that out I have put it as a highlight over on our Instagram page so you can see me trying to hide in different corners of my house so that nobody will interrupt me (laughs) (laughs) and I will be posting a QA, and a or I will have already posted a QA. and a so check it out oh that's cute Woo! I know copying you yeah yeah, just copy me. It's fine. Don't come up with your own original ideas. I don't mind. You know what? I will fight. I will fight you, Liv. Let's go to the middle of the Atlantic Ocean and fight. Yeah, do that. Are we doing it? Are we doing it on a boat? Or are we doing it like hovering over the water? It's your choice. Um, or should we do it on an aeroplane? Or you know, should we you know do that... it like on a suspended platform? I don't mind. It's your choice. Do you know that scene in the Emperor's New Groove where um they fall on the bridge. Have you seen The Emperor's New Groove? No. <laughs> okay, that's your homework for this week. Go watch The Emperor's New I Groove. I thought my homework was but... reading Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. <laughs> okay, 
Emperor's New Groove is going to take you like an hour and a half. But there's a scene when Cusco and Pacha, they fall, like they break boards on a, like a bridge. And so they're suspended in the air and then they start like going at it. And then they're like punching and biting and kicking. And then, yeah. Well, it's going to be in the middle That's of the That's what's going to happen. <laughs> yes, it's going to be in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. So. It, it sounds great. It's a date. Uh, we'll figure out We'll figure out the date and time that works best for us both, I'm sure. We can figure that out. I don't know, for sure. Yeah. So I anyway, hate. that's the end of everything. So may the odds be ever in your favor. Bye. Bye.